I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 223 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest to bring you guys today. He is a former NFL head coach and the head of a foundation which helps the victims of human trafficking. Hugh Jackson will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And if you guys have heard my interview back on episode 92 with former Navy SEAL Craig Sawyer, then you know just how big of a deal child sex trafficking is. And it would just blow your mind to look at the severity of the human trafficking trade altogether. And you guys out there know that I drive Uber on the weekends. I only drive at night right after just about dinner time until the bars close at 2 a.m. And while it is so great to see so many responsible young men and women choose not to drink and drive, uh, many of you dads out there even have your son or your daughter linked up to your Uber account, which is great to see. Uh, but I have to be honest here. There are way too many college-aged kids who make very big mistakes at the end of the night getting into their Uber or their Lyft. I can't even begin to tell you how many times a drunk young man or woman has walked up to my car and said, are you Muhammad or, or are you Jose? Without even looking up from their phone. And I'm telling you right now that 2 a.m. in any drinking town is a prime time for people posing as Uber or Lyft drivers to just snatch people off the street. There are very simple steps that your kids can take to make sure they're getting into the right car. Anybody can buy an Uber sticker and just slap it on the vehicle. But tell your kids to check the license plate first. Almost nobody ever does this. Uber sends you the license plate number and it takes about two seconds to verify it. Next, never ask the driver if his name is Pete or Alec or whatever. Ask them, who are you here to pick up? Then ask them what their name is. If your kids do just these three simple steps, I would say there's a 99% chance they're always going to be safe using rideshare. And I hate to say it, but in my experience, it's the girls that are the worst when it comes to verifying what car they're getting into. I know that they're just innocently out drinking or partying, but please just drill these three steps into their heads so that you know they're going to be safe. All right. Enough on that. We're going to get to a guest right now, a dad who deals with the victims of human trafficking. He knows all too well how serious it is. Uh, so please make sure you're sharing this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the podcast that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with former NFL head coach Hugh Jackson. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is the former head coach of the Oakland Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. He has coached in several other positions in the NFL, most recently as the assistant to the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He has a foundation that is dedicated to helping the victims of human trafficking. It is a privilege for me to say, Hugh Jackson, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me. All right, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have uh, three kids. I have three girls. I have a 25-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 9-year-old. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the age groups. Wow, okay, yeah, that's a big age gap there. Now, do you have the 9-year-old involved in any sports or activities yet? 
Oh, absolutely. She's involved in dance. Matter of fact, she's a petite dance Miss Ohio, so she spends a lot of her time with dance. Okay, very cool. All right, Hugh, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, well, I'm a former head coach of the Cleveland Browns, uh, former head coach of the Oakland Raiders. I've been involved in pro football for over 18 years, uh, coached college football for a number of years at uh, USC, Arizona State, a um, couple places that I'm sure the listeners would know. Um, so my my uh, background has obviously been in, in leading men and, and teaching different principles about what it takes to win on a football field. Good stuff. And Hugh, how did the experience of becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Well, it changed everything because uh, I was always taught uh, from my parents that you do everything you can to make it better for your kids than it was for you as you start to come up. And my mom always told me you'll never understand the feeling of what it's like to be a parent until you become a parent. And I think uh, the day my first daughter was born, Jordan, uh, she's a Valentine's Day baby, you know, so we got we got a bundle of joy on a very special day that that's when my life changed. Okay, awesome. And what were some of the challenges of being a head coach while being a dad? Well, it's a tremendous challenge. Um, you have to have the right wife, let me say that, because she has to be both mother and father because as the challenge of trying to um, be a coach, work up the coaching ladder, it takes a lot of your time away. Um, because you really do have to be devoted to the sport. So you don't get to do all the things that normal nine-to-five dads get to do. Uh, your time is, is really, you know, engrossed in um, coaching the guys that you're putting in charge to coach or leading an offense or doing those type of things. So it was very challenging, but I tried to do the, the things necessary to let my kids know that I was in, involved as much as I could and then obviously how much I cared about that. Yeah, very well said, Hugh. And now, what was the genesis of your foundation, the Hugh Jackson Foundation, which is helping victims of human trafficking? Well, I think me and my wife, we set out to to one-on-one make an impact uh, on the world, uh, to do something to change the world. We had kind of seen firsthand just some of these things happen. Um, And so we made a decision after careful, very detailed thought, I should say, Uh, to make a decision to kind of dive over into human trafficking. Yeah, and I've had the honor of having former Navy SEAL Craig Sawyer on the podcast here. He has an organization called Vets for Child Rescue, which goes after the uh, child human traffickers. And just from talking to him, I was so alarmed by how big of a problem this really is. Uh, From your standpoint here, from what you're seeing, is there any certain demographic as far as age or background that is subjected to this more, or is it just completely random? Well, no, it's it's definitely... Kids anywhere from 14 years old uh, up to adults. You know, it's it hasn't, it doesn't discriminate. You know, from an age standpoint, uh, we have kind of really taken a focus on our facility. You know, obviously to be with people who are over 18 years of age, but it, it's everywhere. Uh, it's an issue. It's one of the biggest uh, money-making industries. Um, you know, in the world, and it's really sad that people are using other people at their expense to to make money off of them. Yeah, this is some scary stuff, Hugh. I mean, I have four children myself, and I drive Uber on the weekends, and I have to be honest, at the end of the night at 2 a.m., when when these young adults are all banged up, uh, sometimes they don't even question me before they get into the car. They they don't ask who I am, who I'm there to pick up. Uh, A lot of times it's young girls who are by themselves, and I can't help but think that it's such an easy mark uh, for these traffickers that are looking to snatch up the victims. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, 
um, that's one of the ways. But obviously, the technology and all the things that deal with social media, uh, you have to do everything you can to protect your kids in this day and age of technology because they're using every avenue to get to our kids. Yeah, and so what are some precautions here, Hugh, that parents could take to make sure that their children don't become a victim of all this? I think, first of all, just, um, I mean, you provided the phone. I don't know very many young kids who are paying for their own phones. So I think the parents have every right to every passcode, every code that's on a kid's phone so that they can check, you know, and really streamline what platforms that your kids can be on so that you know exactly what's going on. And I would say to any parent, just do everything you can to educate yourself of the signs of human trafficking and the signs of your kids being a little bit more, being a little different when it comes to social media and the things and the pictures that do get posted. I think it's really important to understand all that. Yeah, and it is an amazing time that we're living in here right now, Hugh, with all the technology. It gives us so many opportunities, but on the flip side of it, it's very dangerous. You have a nine-year-old girl yourself here, so how do you kind of manage or handle the technology with her? Well, as I said, we know every passcode. We know everywhere she travels, you know, and she's a huge iPad person, and she likes to watch her her shows. The young girls all have these shows that are on, and she likes to watch herself dance. So we kind of know where she travels. Uh, We check, uh, we ask, and we try to explain even before she gets on it that it's a privilege to be on social media in any way, shape, or form. You know, she is a dancer, so she does have her page for dancing, but we are definitely involved in everything that gets posted. We are definitely involved in any comments that are on her page we want to see. And the the thing is, they have this thing with DMs now where people can slide in and make comments a different way. So I don't, as a parent, I just think you got to be totally involved. Use every resource that you can. I understand that social media is a positive and can be a positive. There's no question about that. But there's so many negatives that can happen to it. All it takes is one time for your kid to fall off, and you may never get the same kid that you had before back. Yeah, well said. And how about from a uh, coaching standpoint here, Hugh? Uh, I'm sure that when you came into the league, social media was a non-factor, but I mean, it has blown up since then. So did the technology and social media become an issue for you as a coach with some of the young players that were coming into the league? Oh, absolutely, because that's what they knew. You know, that's what they were raised on. So as a coach, you have to educate yourself pretty fast you know, about what are the trends and what are the things that people are doing. If a guy is selling his brand on his platform, I have no problem with that. If a player was with his family and really close friends, as long as what they post was um, uh, very classy, I had no problem with that. But did I ever have issues where think guys would, you know, do things that were not what I wanted? Absolutely. And I would bring it to their attention immediately and let them know and really let them know what my stance was and what the organization's stance was on social media. I never really had too many issues uh, in that area because I think if you tell people what it is you expect of them, they will normally try to do just that. So I think it's you got to meet it head on. You got to say what you what you want and what you don't want. And I think people will do everything they can to make that happen. All right, it's time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more with Hugh Jackson. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. 
Let's go, dads. Summertime is upon us here, and there is no better way to spend time with your kids this summer than to take them to a live event, whether that's out at the ball field, at a monster truck rally, or even a Broadway show. Buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and apply my code First class, that's one word, first class, and first class fatherhood listeners are going to save $20 off their ticket purchase. Get over to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and buy all your tickets for this summer's fun. Maybe you want to take them to their first concert. Go to SeatGeek.com and apply my code, first class, one word, first class, and save $20 off your ticket purchase. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? It may sound insane, but it's true. There is a free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Seriously, just go download the free PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android, and if you use my special code, Fatherhood, you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. The more you listen, the more PodCoin you earn. And then you turn those PodCoins into gift cards for places like Amazon, Starbucks, or more. So go ahead and listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up using the code FATHERHOOD. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. Okay, very cool. And as a head coach and someone who leads men, discipline is important. Uh, But what type of disciplinarian are you, Hugh, when it comes to being a father? And has your discipline style changed at all uh, from your older two to now your daughter? No, I had never had a problem with that because my parents were very very stern with me, you know, and I think uh, that's the only way you can be, you know, a, a man without discipline is, is like a, a, rudder, a rudderless boat, you know, so and just like any team, any any child. And so at the end of the day, I think that's where it all starts. And so we didn't have a lot of rules, but we had rules. And if you broke them, um, you know, there were consequences. And it's the same thing with, with our kids today. You know, you have to teach in the right way, but don't let's not kid ourselves and think they're not going to make mistakes or they're not going to see things differently than you do. And then I think it's a a good time to have very good conversations and strong conversations, but also make sure that the consequences are built in because that's the way life works. And if you don't teach it at home, it will never get taught. Yeah, very well said. And, And was it an issue for your older kids, Hugh, as far as having to move from one city to another, depending on where you were coaching? I mean, I'm sure the kids would, you know, they would build and establish friendships and then have to start all over again. So was that difficult for them? No, I, I think, uh, you know, kids are very adaptable, you know, so, and you said it, they, they do form relationships and friendships that hopefully will serve them a lifetime. Some, you know, they will stay in contact with, some they don't. I think, um, you know, in my life, uh, the moving around for my kids has been good because it's, it's, it's showed them change, you know, more so than a kid who is in one place for a lot of time and doesn't meet any people outside of their circle. Um, and so I think it was important that, you know, and there's times we didn't want to move, uh, trust me on that, but you had to. And I think our kids are better for it. But at the same time, you know, you try to do everything you can when you pick the next environment uh, for your, you know, your daughters to be in or your sons to be in so that they can continue to grow, you know, that they can continue to move forward and become the type of um, young men and women that we want them to become. Okay, and how about coaching NFL players who are dads as opposed to those who are not? Is there a noticeable difference in the men that you've coached who are dads? And did the facilities that you coached at, did they have anything for the dads that maybe had to bring their kids to work? 
Oh, yeah, there were always opportunities for players to bring their kids in, um, you know, on a on a Saturday if you had practice. You know, we, we have kids today as well. Um, some some teams, a lot of teams I've been on have, have adopted that. Some try to do it, but then the moms end up keeping the kids in the morning, so the dads are happy about that. But the dads were that the dads that were fathers um, in the National Football League that I dealt with, they were way different than the guys who wasn't because, you know, their those dads' time was occupied with their kids, and you know, and their kids were either involved in school where the kids were involved with other things and there's other things they needed to do at home for the wife to contribute more so than a young man who's not married, who doesn't have kids. I mean, his life becomes his social world. You know, he kind of spends more time hanging out and maybe doing things he shouldn't. And that's not to say that guys who are married didn't too. I think there's a lot of different layers of things that people can pull back, you know, uh, when you're not a dad. You know, and there's things that people end up doing and get themselves in trouble. But I think uh, when you are a father, I think that commitment to helping to raise that kid to be the best version of himself for the future, I think is so, so important. And I've seen more men be more involved that way. And, and I think the organizations are doing a better job of trying to do everything they can to give players advice to be better fathers, because I think it's important. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the fatherless problem that we have in this country right now is the biggest problem that we have. So I think it's important that we do uh, what we can to strengthen our fatherhood relationships overall. Yes. No, I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, it, as I said, it all starts at home. And some of those situations that are fatherless, you know, I, I mean, I can't speak to a lot of those. But I do know that, you know, sometimes, you know, people get disenchanted with each other for whatever the reasons are and just hopefully people can work through those things for the betterment of the kids because the kids are the people that suffer uh, through that when things don't work out and just because things don't work out doesn't mean that you can't co-parent a child to help the child be the best he can be and I just think you owe that child that much. Yeah, definitely. And Hugh, one of the things I usually ask the NFL dads that I've had on the podcast here is whether or not it's okay to let your kids play tackle football, because it's a decision that's very difficult. A lot of dads struggle with making the choice. Uh, Of course, the reports about CTE make it even more difficult. Uh, So how do you feel about young kids playing contact football and what's a good age for them to start? You know, it's it's really interesting because I I think back to my time and I played contact sports. You know, I played Pop Warner football when I was young. You know, I, I think I started playing when I was nine years old, you know, with, with pads and you play. And it's it's a sport that's been really good to me and my family. And obviously I didn't play it at the highest level. So I, I wasn't subject to that, those kind of collisions. But at the same time, there are a lot of collisions when you're young. Um, and it's, it's sport. It's something you become passionate about. It's something you love. Um, I don't have the the right, you know, age to say, boy, this is when a kid starts, because I don't think a kid is starting at four or five years old, you know. I think that that age is still around eight when you can start playing, um, you know, flag football, uh, pop water football gets introduced, and you keep working up the ladder, and you go through, you know, middle school, high school, on to college, you know. So, um, again, I think parents, I think educating uh, everybody about what CT is and how it comes about um, is so important, and I think more so is understanding the way that you can combat it and help it because I don't want to see football go away. You know, I want to see football be as safe as it can be for our children, but at the same time, I don't want to see p- 
people think that football is so bad when you see UFC fighting and they don't wear a helmet, they wear nothing, you know. And it's uh, a way you go and you don't really talk about concussions. And they have some very violent collisions, you know. So I think there's a way to, to do both. What that age is, I, hopefully it's around from eight on. Um, but, you know, again, I, I truly stand behind the game of football. Yeah, very well said. All right, what's next for you here, Hugh? What type of goals or plans do you have for the future? Well, this is new to me. You know, this is the first time in my career that I've ever um, been without a job. So uh, as you get older, you know, it's showing me how to prepare for uh, retirement when that time comes. Um, Right now uh, on the horizon for me, there's some TV things that I'll probably do. Uh, I might go help, you know, some of my friends at their jobs for a little bit, nothing uh, that's, um, you know, concrete or solid yet, but I will definitely go around to some training camps and some college um, training camps just to get a feel for what's going on and rejuvenate me uh, so that I'll get ready for the next the next run, you know, wherever that is. And so I love coaching, love leading men, want to get back and do it, miss it tremendously. Uh, but at the same time, I think this was the right time and the right situation for me to kind of rejuvenate myself and spend more time with my family. Awesome. Okay, last thing I'm going to hit you with here. I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? The biggest advice I have is stay involved, uh, stay connected. And I don't think you know how important the young years are. You know, when they come out as new babes, everybody's excited. And as the kid starts to grow older, you know, all of a sudden the routine starts, whether mom does this and dad does that. I would say to every dad, try to stay as involved from start to finish as much as you can. I know jobs sometimes take you away. Uh, I know um, circumstances do too, but there's too much technology now and there's too many opportunities for you to stay connected uh, to your kid in some capacity because um, they're going to mimic uh, the things you do or the things you don't do. And so You'll have nobody to look at but yourself once that kid grows up into a young man or young woman to say, I either contributed or I didn't. So that would be my best advice. Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Hugh Jackson, you're a first-class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Hugh Jackson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And please, caution your kids. Three important steps when they're using rideshare at the end of the night when they're out drinking. Check the license plate of the car. Ask who are you here to pick up and what is your name? All right, just those three simple steps will make it 99% safer to take an Uber or Lyft at the end of the night. All right, tomorrow on the podcast, we got Hollywood stuntman Aiden Stay joining me here. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.
sometimes.